Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Frederick County Weekend Sports Show here on 930 WFND. I'm your host, Steve Nibbs, and today our special guest is Mr. Bob Brown, who's vice president of the Western Maryland Track Officials Association. And certainly, uh, Bob, thank you for taking some time, and welcome. Steve, it's my pleasure always to talk with you. And Well, thank you. is with me as well, Bob. We we go back a few years. We won't get into that. Um, uh, but what a, an important uh, association um, the Western Maryland Track Officials Association is. I I know firsthand how important they are and what they mean uh, to the county. But before we get to that, how about a little background on Bob Brown and his track uh, background, and then to where you are. Uh, as vice president of the association today? Well, uh, as you said, we go back a ways. Um, I was a high school track coach back in the 70s and 80s. Um, a lot of years at Walkersville. Finished up uh, my last four years was at Smithsburg High School in Washington County. Uh, got into administration, which uh, kind of closed the door on coaching for a while. And after retirement, I started looking what could I do to kind of get back into things. And a very dear friend, Don Boyer, yes, and his wife Sharon Boyer, um, we were at a uh, Hal Graw's party at Hal Graw's house. There's another coach's name that goes indeed. back a ways here in the county. Indeed, it does. And um, I kind of got recruited to dust off my starting skills from back in the eighties and. <laughs> Get back into track. Well, we're certainly glad you you have Bob. Um, and as I mentioned, this is this association does so much and is, is so important. How about a little history of the association itself, uh, bringing us up to uh, today? Uh, the association actually goes back to about 1985. Um, uh, a fellow by the name of Jack Griffin. <laughs> People and should know that name too. Other coaches in the county uh, got together, and, and before that time, quite frankly, coaches had their own, I want to call officials club, which were usually a lot of boosters and family, uh, parents of, of athletes and things to help us do meets. And we started back in 1985 actually trying to um, put together an association, uh, officials that were certified and really make meets better. Um, our job is always to make sure that each kid, each athlete gets a chance to play on a level playing field, that they receive a fair start, a fair timing of their event, and a fair measurement of their jump, vault, or throw. I mean, that's really what we do. We just get to do it all year round. We're the only coaches association that coaches and, and, and officiates, I should say, both fall, winter, and spring sports here in the county. I didn't, I, I didn't realize that it was the only one. So, this your association. My guess it would be the largest in the state, Bob. Well, there are other associations related to the state. We are a part of the state officials' association. There is such a thing. Okay, uh, we actually pay dues to both the local and the state associations. Um, that allows us to do up to and including the state meets, such as the regional meets and the state meets that we have, both indoor and outdoor. Uh, along with, of course, cross-country as well. So um, we'd love to be a bigger association. We'd love to have more folks because uh, 
we have a lot of things to do, particularly in the springtime when we might have multiple uh, track meets going on on the same Saturday. Um, we can always use extra people. Yeah, indeed, I, I hear you. So what? tell those who may not know, what sports do you do and what's involved? Uh, you know, what events and how many events are involved with, with each sport? The manpower-wise for us, quite frankly, cross-country meets are the easiest for us to do because basically we start and we also assist with the finish line and, and, and the timing of the event. Um, we really don't do too much with field marshalling because the, the coaches set that up at the schools. Where it starts to get a little uh, complicated is an indoor track meet, which has six individual running events, including hurdles and relays. And also we have three field events, uh, shot put, high jump, and pole vault. And an outdoor meet, we actually have six running events, two hurdle events, four relays, and then six field events because we add to that discus, um, the long jump, and the triple jump. So when you start looking at all those events and, and keeping in mind that the field events are usually going simultaneously with the running events, um, takes a few people to do it. Indeed it does. And certainly it gets more complicated, Bob, if I, and correct me if I'm wrong, when instead of having, a, say, a tri-meet or a quad-meet, you have 10 to 12 schools doing, a, say, in the spring, a, 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 having a track meet. Right. The the invitational meets and some of those meets may have 12 or more teams, and that's 12 boys' teams and 12 girls' teams. So that leaves us basically 24 teams uh, that we're working with kids. Uh, that's a lot of kids and a lot of events. Um, when I say that there are six individual running events, that's in the finals. And some of those, of course, will have similar finals, such as the sprint hurdles and the, uh, the 100 and 200-meter dashes. Um, it, uh, you're looking at about a six-hour, four- to six-hour yep. uh, activity. Yes, indeed. I was out there for a, a good number of those, Bob, and but I enjoyed every minute because I got to watch the kids. Um, so with the cross-country meet, you have uh, also uh, the boys and the girls, obviously, and then you involved the, the junior varsity kids. Yes. Uh, one of the things that's really nice that, that the coaches in Frederick County do particularly is is really have every kid have an opportunity to, to do cross-country. Um, and what we do is you have uh, what we call the A races, which are the varsity races. You'll have um, seven to maybe ten kids per team uh, participating in that. Um, but then, you know, every coach is always looking to build up their program, and that's where we work with the JVs. And so those will be a separate race, usually for a separate race for the boys and a separate race for the girls. And so in a cross-country meet, you'll have, four races or more, depending on if they want to do big schools and small schools, depending on how the, the particular need is set up. Each of those races can take probably about 30 minutes or so. So once again, when you get set up, you have about 45 minutes between races. It's still going to be not the shortest of days. Indeed, it isn't. And certainly another <clears throat> roadblock, so to speak, uh, Bob, and I know it's been um, a tough to deal with is the indoor meets and the facilities to do those indoor meets? Yes, they are. I mean, it is. Uh, 
I think we're fortunate here in the area uh, to have the um, Hagerstown Community College um, Art Facility up there, uh, which is an, an indoor event. The next closest place here in Frederick County is the Prince George's uh, Facility Complex uh, down there. Um, there's not a lot of places to go indoors, and, of course, COVID pretty well axed the indoor season indoors last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Frederick County actually had a – we tried to put together uh, an outdoor – indoor activity for, for students and unfortunately for the schools most only got to participate in one or two meets because of the snow that we got this past year <laughs> of course on an outdoor track the snow's there as long as it's there indeed there's another <laughs> element to throw in the mixed uh the weather and how what that can play with um not only the outdoor meets in the spring but kids being able to go out to practice uh, during the the indoor season, absolutely. I mean, most schools might have a long hallway somewhere, but not too many people have a place that you can do things in circles. And um, it's you go outside parking lots, tracks, whatever you can do. Uh, I remember back to my coaching activities, and you know, anywhere you could find a place to practice indoors, you did it. And again outdoor parking lots and the track when you can get to it we're, we're fair game indeed I, I i have to give all of my indoor coaches a, a a thank you because they became very creative in how they did their practices that's for sure uh bob goes moving forward here what do you find is the reason why you you're able to get folks to come in to become officials well, obviously, I mentioned earlier, you know, parents have always been a, a backbone of, of for coaches to work with their meets uh, and help any way possible. So we've got parents of, of kids uh, who were involved in the sport or who may be involved in the sport because we can give parents first row, you know, front row seats to mm-hmm. most of the races. Indeed. Um, a lot of our officials are, quite frankly, are ex-athletes themselves. They ran track in high school, perhaps college. Uh, a lot of our, some of our runners, of course, have been outdoor, you know, 5K, 10K runners as well. Uh, some of them are like myself, former coaches, who just, you know, kind of got back in the sport, didn't want to do the, the, the coaching piece or maybe retired from teaching and wanted to enjoy their retirement in that regards. And just fans, you know, they're particularly – we find you know people get more excited about track and field about every four years when the Olympics come around, <laughs> and having uh, local athletes in, in, in our area, a uh, young man from uh, Brunswick High School was of course uh, ran the hurdles at the Olympics this mm-hmm. year. Yep. Um, uh, one of the uh, students up in Carroll County, a former student up in Carroll County, was a medal winner this year in the Olympics. So, um, but you know. People like track. It's it's nice. It's outdoors. Usually the weather is pretty nice, and uh, it's just neat to see kids particularly grow and improve in the sport over the years. Uh, it, it it definitely is, and I, I enjoyed every minute of it, Bob, when I was at uh, TJ, and before I became the athletic director at Thomas Johnson, um, I enjoyed watching the kids perform. And and the one thing you that I found in talking to coaches, the fact that you know, these kids uh, 
when they get a PR, it's a big deal. And that's uh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, you know, and the other thing I think is nice about track and field too. It's really when you boil down to it, it's it's athlete versus athlete. Uh, relays get a little bit more involved because you do have another three people to make four for the team. But it's a one place where it really doesn't matter the size of your school. Yes, it's it, and it's probably about the only sport I can think of where that really um, doesn't make a difference. And, and the playing field's the same. Everybody's running on the same track at the same time under the same conditions. And uh, you, you can't get more fair than that. And our role as officials is to just to make sure that we keep that playing field level for the athletes. So what do you got, what do you do your officials, the different responsibilities that you have, say, for um, a spring track meet? For a spring track meet, it really all starts with the bullpen. And that's where the athletes report to before each of the running events. Um, our bullpen officials will organize each heat in each race. If we have more than one heat of a race, we make sure that the kids are in the right order. Um, they are assigned numbers. Almost all of our meets today are electronic timing so that if kids cross the finish line, there's a computer and, and the, the software to go behind that, and that's all monitored. But we got to make sure the kids have their numbers on so that the computer can pick them up. We make sure the kids are in the proper uniforms. Um, we make sure that they are given instructions for a particular race. Uh, if it's a relays, where the exchange zones might be. After that, the kids will then be reporting to the starting line, and we'll have an official there who, again, just reinforces getting the kids where they're going to be at the starting line. Are they at the correct starting line? Because we have about five different ones that we use during the meet. Um, make sure the kids are in the proper lanes and, and, again, making sure that they have that number on their hip. Uh, we have a timer. Again, that's uh, computerized software now. Makes life a lot easier for the rest of us. Indeed, you're not, not, I, not having to use stopwatches. <laughs> uh, back in when I was coaching before, you'd have six, seven, eight people at the finish line with stopwatches to time a race. Now, it's one guy in a computer and does it well. Bob, I will say this now. I had the pleasure of <clears throat> being at a number of invitationals uh, and at regional meets, uh, both cross-country, uh, indoor and outdoor. And uh, it, it, it was um, uh, absolutely amazing to me when your group had it, was so organized and did their job so well that it it did it ran smoothly. I mean, every now and then you you might have a hiccup, and that might be a glitch with the computer, possibly. But for the most part, those kids knew where to be, what was coming. The coaches, I mean, it, it, it's it's something to see if no one's been out to watch a meet how how smoothly it runs. And I give a lot to the kids for that. Uh, the coaches are obviously doing their job because they're preparing the kids for the meet. They're letting them know what they've got to do. Uh, I'll give you a personal side of, of why I really think highly of the athletes themselves. Uh, two years ago, I actually had a, um, a paralyzed vocal cord and could not speak much more than a whisper. And if you can imagine trying to officiate a long jump without being able to 
yell out kids' names and those kind of things. So I got together with the kids, and I said, tell you what, if you expect me to call your name, it's not going to happen. <laughs> I will give you a number. And number one, when you're up, number two, you're next. Number three, you know you're going to be close behind. And the kids were wonderful in exploring that. And, and what, it, what was interesting is when I got to the regional meet, the kids who would come up to me and sign in and just say, what's my number? <laughs> was, hey, there you go. You made an impact, Bob. <laughs> I appreciate what, you know, I appreciate yeah. the kids because the kids were responsible enough. I mean, these are high school kids, uh, whether ninth graders through seniors, but it was just nice to work with kids. They understood I wasn't going to be able to call out names like they're used to having. But fingers and numbers work really, really well. Bob, uh, there could be some people listening this morning um, and would would be interested in becoming an official and joining your organization. So what should they do? Uh, what they can do, and I'll give you um, a, a contact information here with my name and, and, and email just before we sign off. Uh, but basically they need to contact us, contact our association. Um, they would need to go on and sign into a program called Dragonfly, which is what the state is using to help us manage the associations. Okay. And this is for all sports, by the way, not just track. If you want to become official for any sport in Maryland, you you have to be into the butter uh, into the Dragonfly system. Okay. Um, what Dragonfly is, it's where the state goes to check on officials uh, to see that they've completed all their certification, which I'll get to in a moment. Um, it also creates a pool of officials for the state meets, and it's also where officials do pay dues um, to the state, which covers things like rule books, clinics, insurance, and those kind of things. Uh, a person would have to pay local and state dues. They're not super expensive. But it's part of the process. Okay. We are required now to be fingerprinted. Mm -hmm. So there is a little bit of a background check that goes into that. And okay. they have to take a test. Uh, it's a National Federation track officials test. They have It's open book, which you get, need to score a passing score on that test. And attend a rules clinic. And the rules clinic, uh, we've done them virtually, I guess, the last two years because of COVID. Um but they're also uh, physically, and they usually occur someplace in, in Frederick County. Um, the That's really what you need to do as an official. Now, as an association, uh, we would have somebody work in shadow, another official, for a couple of meets so that they could kind of see what's going on because it's one thing to talk about it in a book. It's another thing to be talking about it, whether you're judging a long-jumping competition or, you know, uh, we're using the right marks and, and, and how to measure properly. Um, so we allow that shadowing this morning. I think that's something that's very important for us to do so that you don't just get tossed into the mix. We we work with you kind of gradually. As an, like an intern, that, that's exactly uh, what you like to have, and they get the opportunity to get themselves involved in it. And you, uh, your officials are also paid, correct? Yes. Yes, um, it varies a little bit to the uh, the season. Obviously, a cross country meet is not as long as a track meet. Um, if you're a starter, for example, or you're 
you're using ammunition, some blanks and that kind of thing. Um, so that, that kind of plays into the role of it. Uh, I don't know of an official that does officiating for the money. We do it for the kids. The money's nice, takes care of gas, getting to different places. Um, our association does meets in Washington County, here in Frederick County. And actually we do uh, have done meets in Carroll County over the last few years as well. So it can involve a little bit of traveling from time to time. Um, it is it's it is paid, and that will cover your dues and, and those kind of things. At the end of the season, you're you're you really are not going to be dipping in your own pocket to officiate. <laughs> Indeed, uh, but that is nice. You're exactly right. And Bob, unfortunately, we're starting to run low on time. Uh, I do want to thank you again for for giving of your time and joining us today, giving us an insight on what the Western Maryland Tractor Officials Association does, how important they are, uh, and uh, what they do for our. Uh, athletes here in frederick county and i certainly always good to talk to you we go back as we said earlier a long ways but <laughs> you uh you've done an outstanding job bob and continue to do so and my best to you and to the to your association uh in the years to come steve thank you very much very quickly a phone number folks can oh. reach out to is, is my number which is 301 okay 667 7175 and my email address is brown, Bob, PM at gmail.com. Very good, Bob. Thanks again for taking some time to be with us, and hopefully maybe something will come and we'll, you'll get some more people to join the association. Steve, as always, good to talk to you. Look forward to seeing you soon. Hope so, Bob. You've been listening to the Frederick County Weekend Sports Show here on 930 WFMD. I'm your host, Steve Nibbs, and we'll see you next week. Past editions of this program are available in the audio vault at WFMD.com. News Radio 930. WFMD Frederick. A connoisseur media radio station. 12 o'clock. He'll make the case across the country. I'm Pam Puso, Fox News. President Biden will travel the country next week to push what the White House calls his bold and ambitious agenda. President Biden says his economic agenda is not doomed at all. He says this can still get through. But we are seeing a bit of a struggle within the Democratic Party on these two spending bills. One, the infrastructure deal that does have bipartisan support. And the other, this much larger social safety net bill that is costing a lot of money. And that's what you've got some moderate Democrats so upset with, with the price tag. Progressive Democrats saying they're not going to be able to support infrastructure until they see that much larger spending bill get approved. Fox's Mark Meredith, progressives now realize they have to scale back the social spending package. Demonstrators will gather in cities around the country to protect abortion rights. More than 600 women's marches in all 50 states are planned as the Supreme Court prepares to return on Monday. One of the key cases, an effort by Mississippi's Attorney General to overturn Roe v. Wade. Tips continue to pour in as authorities search for Brian Laundrie, the fiancé of Gabby Petito, who went missing after he returned home from a cross-country trip without her. That's according to Dwayne Chapman, also known as Dog the Bounty Hunter, who's been searching for laundry in Florida. There are also questions about who Laundry was in contact with before he vanished. 
Brian Laundrie's sister, Cassandra, said she had not seen him since he returned from that trip out west on September 1st without Gabby Petito. Now we're learning Cassandra may have seen him once more. Laundrie family attorney Stephen Bertolino tells Fox News the last time Cassandra saw Brian was actually September 6th. Fox's Charles Watson, Petito's body was found in Wyoming. America's listening to Fox News. This is WFMD News. Republican gubernatorial candidate Dan Cox has picked his running mate. The News Post and the Baltimore Sun report that she's Gordana Schifanelli, a lawyer from Queen Anne's County, and they filed on Wednesday to run together. The reconstruction of Lindbergh Road between West 2nd Street and Rosemont Avenue in Frederick is expected to begin later this month. The city's Public Works Department says the contractor will remove the asphalt and subgrade material and rebuild the street with compacted stone and asphalt. The contractor is expected to be working in short increments, allowing residents access to their homes. This project is scheduled to begin about October 11th and be completed within three or four weeks. You can now text your news and traffic tips to WFMD at 301-694-9363. I'm Nate Saunders on Mid-Maryland's News Radio Center, 930 WFMD. The 930 WFMD Skyscan forecast for Frederick and the surrounding counties for this afternoon. Plenty of sunshine, high about 79, mostly clear tonight, low 55. Tomorrow, Sunday, 20% chance of showers and thunderstorms after 3 p.m., mostly sunny, high 82. Sunday night, a 30% chance of showers and thunderstorms, mainly after 9 p.m., mostly cloudy, low 63. PJ's Roofing, when it comes to your roof, they've got you covered. Visit pjsroofing.com. I'm Jim Tyke. This is Frederick Focus. News Radio 930 WFMD talks to newsmakers throughout mid-Maryland with your host, Ryan Hedrick. Patty Hurwitz joining us now from the Hurwitz Breast Cancer Fund. And, of course, the 5K is right around the corner. Patty, I'm so excited to have you in the studio again. I really can't talk to you enough about this because breast cancer awareness, of course, is at the heart of what you do, general cancer awareness. First of all, how are you? I'm great, and thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. So what is the latest? I know there's a lot going on around the the foundation and the race, but we have some uh, news to share with the community about the gala, actually. Yeah, I I would sadly like just to report that the gala's been canceled for this year. We're hoping to redo it, represent it in the spring. Um, It was a big part of what you did in the past, right? Yeah, yeah, and we were not able to have it last year, and it's strictly a COVID decision. We just want to make sure our community is safe. You know, we're a health organization. We have people who attend who are survivors and um, we just we felt that it was, of, uh, given the way things are right now, it was just best to, if we postpone. How has, uh, you? because we haven't talked about this a lot with you, but how has been, uh, how has raising money been in a, in a time of COVID when everybody's been locked down? Has it been challenging for you? You know, it has been a little bit, but we raised a lot of money last year. Mm-hmm. And people just are so generous and they step up. We did a virtual race last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and we had our sponsors hung in with us and were awesome. And this year, the same. And, uh, you know, breast cancer didn't stop right. when, when COVID hit. And so there is still a great need out there for this kind of technology and services. And the 5K is October 10th, October 10th right? Sunday I can't morning. wait. That's going to be really cool. How many participants this year? 
Well, we don't know. We usually get a lot. I think we're close to 400 right wow. now. And um, in a typical year, pre-COVID, we were around 800 or so. Mm-hmm. Um, so we we just don't know. We hope people will come out. If it's a, if it's a nice day, we'll, we can get up to 100 or 200 people register that day. So people so. that aren't aware of your story, and I couldn't imagine many people that aren't in this community, but you are a survivor. You are a person that didn't take no for an answer. You took your, your turmoil and you really turned it into action. Talk about that decision because, you know, it may have saved a lot of lives, Patty. Your decision to live may have saved a lot of people's lives, right? Well, I hope so. I, I think that what I, I think that what I've done is to be a vessel for the community to help save people's lives. Yeah. Um, and sometimes it just starts with an idea. Right. And you told me the story on, on the Frederick Focus a couple of a weeks ago, how you were just determined not to let that setback get the best of you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was. 